Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. I'm going to um, do them a little bit about out of order from the way the verse reads, because I think there's some some relationships that I want to try and draw on. So as we get going, you'll notice I'm out of order. So belt of truth. Uh, one of the main keys to any battle is to know your enemy, right? And Satan's oldest trick, like the video said, has always been lies and deception, right? Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. God said, if you eat of the tree, what did he say? You will surely die, right? Satan's lie. You won't die. If you eat that, God just knows you're going to be like him. You're going to know both good and evil. Lie, 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 right? John 8, says, there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he's speaking his native tongue, for he's the father of lies. The enemy uses these lies and deception, you see, to try to trick you to stray away from God's truth. God has a plan for your life, a plan and a purpose, right? And what the devil wants to do is try and draw a wedge between that, right? You ever heard the saying, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile? If you listen to the lies, you don't, you're not centered on the truth. You end up way out here, and you don't even know how you got there, way off from God's plan, right? Matthew 7 talks about, um, talks about it in the concept of wide and narrow gates, right? The, the path to destruction, right? The enemy's gate is wide. It's shiny. It's bright, right? God's way is narrow, and it's a difficult road, right? My grandmother used to talk about um, those gates, and she would, um, as, a, as a child, and I had such a vivid picture in my mind of, like, the devil's way being, like, trees of uh, can- cotton candy and lined with roads. It was like, as a kid, that was what I pictured it as, right? It seemed like it was everything you want, everywhere you want to go. And the devil's way was just, I mean, excuse me, the God's way was just kind of a path in the forest, right? And I remember as a kid struggling with, am I going to know? How am I going to know when I get to that fork in the road where the devil wants to push me off? How am I going to know? Right? And so... It's lies. All of that stuff, all of the money, all of the cars, all of the fancy houses, all that stuff is stuff to trick you and throw you off. But God's way and Jesus are the truth, right? John 14, 6 says, I am the truth, the way, and the life. 2 Timothy 3 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. So God gives us this belt of truth, right? Just as a soldier Roman soldier would strap on this belt, right? He would hold everything in place. It was at his core and protected more of the vital parts of his body. We too need to strap on this belt of truth, right? It should be the, the standard, our measuring stick on how we approach everything in life. So how do we expose? How do we, how do we know these, these, these lies when they're coming? Ephesians 5, 13, 4 says, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. Right? In John 8, we know that Jesus is the light. Stay with me for a minute here, right? In John 1, we say, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? The Word is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the Word. So if we read that verse back over, stay with me, but the evil intentions will be exposed when Jesus or the Word shines on them, right? For the Jesus and the Word makes everything visible. And so moving on to our second piece of armor is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. 
Ephesians 6, 17 says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the soldier's belt, that belt of truth, which is around his core, also served as a hanging place for his sword. And just in our spiritual battle, right, the word of God is rooted and built in a foundation of truth. It hangs on the truth of his word. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Unlike every other piece of armor we're going to learn today, the sword is the only offensive weapon, right? It's like Paul is telling us in battle sometimes, you don't always take a defensive stance. Sometimes you have to be offensive, right? Consider the, um, the temptation of Jesus here on Luke 4. Luke 4. Um, I'm not going to read it word for word, but kind of paraphrasing, right? Jesus had just been baptized. The Spirit led him into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he became hungry. And the devil said to God, if you are the son of God, then tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus said, no, the scriptures or the word says people don't live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed him, revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give. But Jesus replied, the scriptures and the word says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil, third temptation, took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, now, pay attention here, right? Because twice now he's tempted him, and Jesus has refuted him with the word, with the spirit. But the devil is crafty. He's not going to attack you the same way every single time. He realizes that God is coming with the word. He's going to try and use his own word against him, right? Um, he took him up to Jerusalem, to the highest point, and said, if you are the son of God, God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. But Jesus responded, the scriptures and the word also say, you must not tempt the Lord your God. Right? So through daily and continual study, right, meditation and reliance upon God's word, and by revelation of the spirit, we become wiser. We, get, we have a wisdom. Right? Not only knowing intellectually the word, who knows that even the devil and the demons know the word of God. Right? You, you just proved it there. But we get spiritual understanding and wisdom on how that can be applied to discern truth. Um, to keep us steadfast in our path for righteousness and to align our soul with God's spirit and will for our lives. Right? We learn how to look within and ask the Lord to help us become free from any earthly strongholds and how to break free from the chains the enemy tries to shackle us with. Moving on, breastplate of righteousness. It says, stand firm then with the breastplate of righteousness firmly in place. Like the sword, the breastplate in a Roman soldier's army rested on his belt of truth. Right? I don't know if you guys ever heard um, Priscilla Shira. She's a pastor, and she was in the movie War Room. She's an actor, and I'm still a little bit from her sermon because I think she made a really great metaphor. She talks about the Roman soldier's army. The Roman soldier's armor, excuse me. And fully geared out was about 70 pounds of weight, right? Most of that in this big metal breastplate that protected the soldier's gear, right? This is before we had trucks and cars to get you. These soldiers were marching for days to go to war. Can you imagine carrying 70 pounds of weight on you marching? You're going to be tired and worn down. And so this 
belt of truth served as a resting place to anchor and support the soldier. Right? How great is the vision of that for our father? Right? If we try and hold and be perfect and live perfectly and be righteous in our own deeds, we will fall short. We'll be so pre- weighted down with the pressure of holding that up. But God is great, right? He gives us this belt of truth, the truth of his word, to stand firm and support us and keep that weight off of us. I think that's just a great visualization. Excuse me. Isaiah 64, 6 says, We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. The breastplate of a Roman soldier was a key piece of armor and protected his mass, his stomach, his back from these arrows that the enemy is throwing out there, right? No matter what hit him, it would block it off. And so too, our spiritual armor, right? The devil's out there and he's throwing these arrows at us, right? He says, you're a sinner. God won't forgive you. But, but my God says, if we confess our sins, right? He is faithful and just to forgive and make us pure. Amen. The devil says, God doesn't love you. But my, my God says, God so loved the world. He gave his only son for us, right? He says, you're weak. You can't do anything. That's impossible. Philippians 4.3 says, I can do all things by God who strengthens me. Amen? Yeah. So our own righteousness is, is not enough. On our best day, we don't even come close to living up to the standard. right? But the truth of God's word says, I am made righteous in his sight. We don't do battle wearing our filthy rags. We do battle with the breastplate of the Almighty in place, right? We are made righteous through grace by faith in his word and his finished work on the cross. Um, Philippians 4.3 says, Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. Uh, Next up, Gospel of Peace. 6.15 says, In which your feet fitted, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So like every other piece of armor or piece of battle gear the soldier wore, these shoes were really important. Again, this is before trucks. They had breathable sandals. And these weren't like sandals we wear to the beach, right? These are totally different. Sandals strapped around and provided support, right? They were studded. They had spikes on them so they could be sure-footed and ready, right? And Paul's giving us a vision for our spiritual battle. The ability to stand firm, to keep from slipping, to provide support as we march through the trials and tribulations of life, we have the gospel of peace, the good news, right? That Jesus died on the cross, he bore our sins, resurrected, ascended to heaven on the right hand of the Father, and is our soon coming king, excuse me. We can have rest and faith in the peace of this truth. So no matter what the enemy brings our way, we carry the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, that ultimately Jesus has everything under control. This war has already been won at Calvary. Victory over death, sin, and the lies and deception of the enemy has already been promised. Paul is reminding us of our firm foundation and of the Great Commission. He says the readiness of the shoes of peace, right? So be ready, meaning I'm ready to go. I'm going to put on these shoes and I'm going to run. He's reminding us to go and share the news. We shouldn't keep it to ourselves. This is such great news. We are to share it with other believers and bring more people into the kingdom. Amen. Next up, the shield of faith. This one's probably my favorite. I don't know why, but shield of faith. <laughs> In addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So Hebrews defines uh, faith as confident hope and assurance about what we do not see. 
as Christ followers, our faith is rooted in what? It's rooted in following and trusting who God is and what he did for us and what he promises. If we abide in his truth and Jesus' teaching, this is a powerful armor against any attacks of the enemy, right? But Paul is urging us to take it a step further. See, our faith wasn't meant to be lived out alone. If a, if a soldier is out there, even though these shields were big and mighty, he's still vulnerable from attacks all around, right? And so Ephesians 4.3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So the Roman shield was about four feet tall. They say about 30-something inches wide. They're very, if you've seen the movie 300 or anything like that, these shields were huge. And they're very famous for this formation called the phalanx or the tortoise. Right? And what they did in battle is stand in a line, arm to arm. The folks in the front would put their shields in front of them and block from the front. The folks in the side block from the side. The folks in the back, the back, right? The folks in the second, third, fourth, fifth row would hold their shields above, resting on their helmet, right? And they would form this almost impenetrable wall, this turtle shell, this tortoise shell. No matter what happened, any attacks of the enemy could be thwarted that way. They moved in unison. They supported each other and loved each other, right? And how great a vision is that, right? Shouldn't we stand arm in arm with our brothers brothers and sisters in Christ, loving each other, supporting each other, using our faith to help each other out. Such a great vision that Paul is giving us, right? Knowing that when I stumble in love, my brother's going to hold me accountable, right? And lead me back onto the right God's path. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Next up is the helmet of salvation. The helmet was the last piece of armor to go on, but it certainly was not the least. The head, the brain, like the heart, is the target of the enemy. He knows that one good strike of an arrow or a sword, and it's over, right? This helmet provided vital protection to the soldier in battle. And likewise, the devil is after your mind, right? He's after your thoughts. The brain is the command center of the body, and the mind is the command center of your soul, right? He's doing all he can to cast doubt and fear, and worry, and anxiety into your mind. I read somewhere that it's, you know, it's really hard to replace you. wake up in the middle of the night, you have a bad dream, or you have a bad thought, and it's hard to get rid of that. Um, I read somewhere that the only way to replace that is with a more powerful thought. Right, church? What more powerful thoughts than the blessings and the glory of our Lord and Savior? Right? Study these things. Replace those negative thoughts that he's trying to impart with those more powerful thoughts. Philippians 4.8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the peace of God will be with you. Romans 12 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. And then most people stop there when they do the armor of God, right? Those six pieces, right? Um, But Paul doesn't. Paul takes it further. And so we're going to go further today, right? He talks in verse 18 about prayer. Um, I think it's on the screen. 
It says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, with all, with all kind of prayers and requests. And prayer is our communication with God. It's how we get direction and revelation, right, for our life and how we submit ourselves and our situations over to God's will. It's how we get to know the true character of God and wisdom for application of his word. I tell my kids all the time, um, prayer is how we get to know God. It's how we talk to God, right? And so I can be at home and I can say, hey, Gavin. And within two seconds, I could say one thing and he knows it's me. Why? Because he knows my voice. I'm in a relationship with him. He understands. If a stranger did that, he wouldn't know who it is. This is God. If we don't talk to him on a daily basis, he doesn't get to know our voice and our request. If we don't get to know him, then we're not going not to have that relationship. Same way, a soldier in the battlefield. This is more not Roman soldier, but new soldier. Soldier has a walkie-talkie, a radio, back home to this command center. Right? He doesn't go out the field alone. If he did, he'd be, he'd be lost. Right? This, this walkie-talkie back home, he knows what's around him. He knows how many enemies are up ahead. Right? When he gets too deep in battle and he can't help himself, what does he do? He calls an air support, something more powerful than him to come in. But if he didn't have that walkie-talkie, that communication, right, that line of, 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 of talking back, then he, he'd be lost. He'd be missing an action. He'd be a prisoner of war. Same thing with us in our spiritual battle. Prayer is extremely important. So, so as we get ready to wrap up the lesson today, I want to bring us back to, um, to a couple of things. Verse 12 in the scripture. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We talked about the biggest trick of the devil being lies, right? One is also deception. He wants you to think that your battle is against your brother and sister. He doesn't want you to focus on him. You ever know those people who are instigators, right? They jump into a situation and they cause some disruption and step out and watch the destruction they caused? It's the same way with God, right? Our battle is not against flesh and blood, church, right? Our battle is not against our neighbor. It's not against the guy at work who, 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 who I can't get along with. It's not against this politician or an officer or an ex or the kid at school who's bothering me. It's not against the bank we owe money to. It's not against COVID, right? Our fight is being orchestrated and carefully planned out by our enemy. He's lurking. He's studying you and your family, right? He's looking specifically at how he can tailor an attack to take you down and break you off of that course with God, right? So Lakeshore Gasterna, we have to stand firm. Don't fall for these schemes, right? He's roaming. He's seeking whom he may devour. We need to be in daily fellowship with our Lord We need to be filling our hearts and our minds with the truth of his word. We need to be engaged and leaning in if we want to break free from these chains, right? Um, But be encouraged, church. This is a very sobering message. (laughs) Uh, But be encouraged, right? We're in a battle, but we are on the winning side, like the video said. Death and sin were already defeated at Calvary. We're fighting from a position of victory, through Christ, right? So no matter what you're going through today, know that our God is bigger, right? Our God is more powerful. Know that our God is love and he loves you so, so, so much, right? He wants to pour out his blessings on you. He wants to take you deeper, but you have to make room in your life for him, right? If you guys weren't here last night, Pastor Robert talked about, we had a deeper and wide prayer service. Sorry. (laughs) 
we had a deeper and wide prayer service. One of the things Pastor Robert talked about, he was reading from Ezekiel 47. And Ezekiel had a, a vision of what it was going to be like when Jesus restored the land. And he was talking about going deeper in the water. And, 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 and Pastor Robert talked about a lot of Christians have, they have toes in the water. They're ankle deep, right? And that's good. You're saved, your salvation, but you're not experienced the riches of God, right? You got to keep stepping in. You got to go further if you want to receive these blessings. You got to go knee deep or waist deep, or you got to be swimming, right? If you want these rivers of joy and blessing and the fruits of the spirit to flow out of your soul, you have to be deep in the water with him. So, so be encouraged. Um, hopefully you've been blessed by the word today. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.